Welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, the podcast that brings you through the entire Bible in 260 days. Have you ever wanted to read the whole Bible but struggled to do so? This podcast is meant to help you do it. With five 15 to 20 minute episodes per week, you will hear the entire Bible read to you. There will also be occasional brief notes to help explain context, as well as a concluding question or thought to consider. So welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, your journey through the Bible in 260 days. Welcome to episode 238. Today we actually return to the book of Ezra that we began a number of episodes before. And as we look at Ezra chapters 5 and 6, we see that even though the work at the temple has been stopped by those who oppose God and oppose the building of the temple... In these chapters, we see God overcoming that opposition. And we also see in our other passages, Psalm 95 and and 3 John, uh, this interplay between those who oppose God and how he continually overcomes that opposition. And that's the good, wonderful news, that the God that is the God of the Bible, the God of grace and mercy, is a God of power who will overcome opposition against him and against those who trust and follow him. Often in ways that we don't expect, but he is the faithful one who does it. And so today, let's pick it up in Ezra chapter 5 and 6. Ezra 5. Then the prophets Haggai and Zechariah, son of Iddo, prophesied concerning the Jews who were in Judah and Jerusalem in the name of the God of Israel who was over them. Then Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and Yeshua, the son of Jehozadak, began to rebuild the temple of God in Jerusalem. The prophets of God were with them, supporting them. At that time, Tataniah, governor of Trans-Euphrates, Shethar Bazanai and their colleagues came to them and asked, Who gave you authority to rebuild this temple and to complete this structure? They also asked them, What are the names of the men who are building this edifice? But God was watching over the elders of Judah, and they were not stopped until a report could be dispatched to Darius and a letter could be sent back concerning this. This is the copy of the letter that Tatanai, governor of the Trans-Euphrates, Shethar Bazanai and his colleagues, who were the officials of, the, of Trans-Euphrates, sent to King Darius. The report they sent to him was written as follows. To King Darius, all greetings. Let it be known to the king that we have gone to the province of Judah, to the temple of the great God. It is being built with large stones and timbers are being placed in its walls. This work is being done with all diligence and is prospering in their hands. We inquired of those elders, asking them, Who gave you the authority to rebuild this temple and to complete this structure? We also inquired of their names in order to inform you so that we might write the names of the men who were their leaders. They responded to us in the following way. We are servants of the God of heaven and earth. We are rebuilding the temple which was previously built many years ago. A great king of Israel built it and completed it. But after our ancestors angered the God of heaven, he delivered them into the hands of King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, the Chaldean, who destroyed this temple and exiled the people to Babylon. But in the first year of King Cyrus of Babylon, King Cyrus enacted a decree to rebuild this temple of God. Even the gold and silver vessels of the temple of God that Nebuchadnezzar had taken from the temple in Jerusalem and had brought to the palace of Babylon, even those things King Cyrus brought from the palace of Babylon and presented to a man by the name of Sheshbazar, whom he appointed as governor. He said to him, Take these vessels and go deposit them in the temple in Jerusalem and let the house of God be rebuilt in its proper location. Then Sheshbazar went and laid the foundations of the temple of God in Jerusalem. From that time to the present moment, it has been in the process of being rebuilt, although it is not yet finished. 
Now, if the king is so inclined, let a search be conducted in the royal archives there in Babylon in order to determine whether King Cyrus did in fact issue orders for this temple of God to be rebuilt in Jerusalem. Then let the king send us a decision concerning this matter. So Darius the king issued orders, and they searched in the archives of the treasury which were deposited there in Babylon. A scroll was found in the citadel of Ekbatana, which is in the province of Media, and it was inscribed as follows. Memorandum. In the first year of his reign, King Cyrus gave orders concerning the temple of God in Jerusalem, saying, Let the temple be rebuilt as a place where sacrifices are offered. Let its foundations be set in place. Its height is to be 90 feet and its width 90 feet, with three layers of large stones and one layer of timber. The expense is to be subsidized by the royal treasury. Furthermore, let the gold and silver vessels of the temple of God, which Nebuchadnezzar brought from the temple in Jerusalem and carried to Babylon, be returned and brought to their proper place in the temple of Jerusalem. Let them be deposited in the temple of God. Now Tatanai, governor of Trans-Euphrates, Shethar, Bazanai, and their colleagues, the officials of Trans-Euphrates, all of you stay far away from there. Leave the work on this temple of God alone. Let the governor of the Jews and the elders of the Jews rebuild this temple of God in its proper place. I also hereby issue orders as to what you are to do with those elders of the Jews in order to rebuild this temple of God. From the royal treasury, from the taxes of the trans-Euphrates, the complete costs are to be given to these men so that they may know there may be no interruption of the work. Whatever is needed, whether oxen or rams or lambs for burnt offerings for the God of heaven, or wheat, or salt, or wine, or oil, as required by the priests who are in Jerusalem, must be given to them daily without any neglect, so that they may be offering incense to the God of heaven, and may be praying for the good fortune of the king and his family. I hereby give orders that if anyone changes this directive, a beam is to be pulled out from his house, and and he is to be raised up and impaled on it, and his house is to be reduced to a rubbish heap for this indiscretion. May God, who makes his name to reside there, overthrow any king or nation who reaches out to cause such a change as to destroy his temple, the temple of God in Jerusalem. I, Darius, have given orders. Let them be carried out with precision. Then, Tatanai, governor of Trans-Euphrates, Shethar Bazanai, and their colleagues acted accordingly, with precision, just as Darius the king had given instructions. The elders of the Jews continued building and prospering, while at the same time, Haggai the prophet and Zechariah the son of Iddo continued prophesying. They built and brought it to completion by the command of the God of Israel and by the command of Cyrus and Darius and Artaxerxes, king of Persia. They finished the temple on the third day of the month of Adar, which is the sixth year of the reign of King Darius. The people of Israel, the priests, the Levites, and the rest of the exiles observed the dedication of this temple of God with joy. For the dedication of this temple of God, they offered 100 bulls, 200 rams, 400 lambs, and 12 male goats for the sin of all Israel, according to the number of the tribes of Israel. They appointed the priests by their divisions and the Levites by their divisions over the worship of God at Jerusalem, in accord accord with the book of Moses. The exiles observed the Passover in the 14th day of the first month. The priests and the Levites had purified themselves, every last one, and they all were ceremonially clean. They sacrificed the Passover lamb for all the exiles, for their colleagues, the priests, and for themselves. The Israelites who were, who were returning from the exile ate it, along with all those who had joined them in separating themselves from the uncleanness of the nations of the land to seek the Lord God of Israel. They observed the Feast of Unleavened Bread for seven days with joy, 
for the Lord had given them joy and had changed the opinion of the king of Assyria toward them so that he assisted them in the work on the temple of God, the God of Israel. What an amazing story of how God opposes and overcomes the opposition to the rebuilding of his temple and does so through foreign kings and the faithfulness of his people's resolve. And so we see God act and we see God protect and we see him overcome that opposition. And now we read Psalm 95, which is really a psalm of praise, calling people to praise God as they come to shout and praise him in his presence, recognizing that he is the one who also overcomes the opposition to him in Israel's history with the Israelites in the desert. And so let's read Psalm 95. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout out praises to our protector who delivers us. Let us enter his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout out to him in celebration. For the Lord is a great God, a great King who is superior to all gods. The depths of the earth are in his hand, and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his, for he made it. His hands formed the dry land. Come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our Creator. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the sheep he owns. Today, if only you would obey him. He says, Do not be stubborn like they were at Meribah, like they were that day at Massa in the wilderness where your ancestors challenged my authority and tried my patience, even though they had seen my work. For forty years I was continually disgusted with that generation, and I said, These people desire to go astray. They do not obey my commands. So I made a vow in my anger. They will never enter into the resting place I had set aside for them. And there's the opposition. There's the people coming against God in the desert over and over again, and yet God brings judgment on them, and yet brings their children in mercy and overcomes that opposition of the parents by bringing the children into the promised land and calling them to rejoice now with him in his temple. And we conclude today now with a third John. This is a letter of John, the third one that we have. And it describes uh, people who are faithful and serving God well, and also someone who's supposedly supposed to be leading a church, but is actually troubling the church and causing damage, is actually opposing God, and how John describes that God will ultimately bring justice there and calls his people to be faithful and overcome that opposition through that faithfulness. So let's read from Third John. From the elder to Gaius, my dear brother, whom I love in truth, dear friend, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health, just as it is well with your soul. For I rejoice greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth, just as you are living according to the truth. I have no greater joy than this, to hear that my children are living according to the truth. Dear friend, you demonstrate faithfulness by whatever you do for the brothers, even though they are strangers. They have testified to your love before the church. You will do well to send them on their way in a manner worthy of God. For they have gone forth on behalf of the name, accepting nothing from the pagans. Therefore, we ought to support such people so that we become co-workers in cooperation with the truth. I wrote something to the church, but Diotrephes, who loves to be first among them, does not acknowledge us. Therefore, if I come, I will call attention to the deeds he is doing, the bringing of unjustified charges against us with evil words, and not being content with that, he not only refuses to welcome the brothers himself, but hinders the people who want to do so, and throws them out of the church. Dear friend, do not imitate what is bad, but what is good. The one who does good is of God. The one who does what is bad 
has not seen God. Demetrius has been testified to by all, even by the truth itself. We also testify to him, and you know that our testimony is true. I have many things to write to you, but I do not wish to write them with pen and and ink. But I hope to see you right away, and we will speak face to face. Peace be with you. The friends here greet you. Greet the friends there by name. There's John's instructions to oppose the person who is causing trouble, but also to do faithful work within the church, support those who do it, and all of these things because the God who has overcome our sinfulness and overcome our opposition to him is the God who shows grace and mercy, who then calls us in faithfulness and truth to obey him, to trust him, and to overcome opposition by pointing people to Christ. Thanks for listening to the Bible in 260 podcast. May what you have heard speak to your heart and mind today. The scriptures quoted are from the Net Bible, http netbible.com, copyright 1996 2019, used with permission from Biblical Studies Press, LLC, all rights reserved. Our theme song for the podcast is The Call by Emily Ruth. You can find The Call and other music by Emily Ruth on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you find your music. You're